Hey, go ahead and find a seat. It is good to see you this morning. Welcome to Southfield. I wanted to, I want to start by talking a minute about last week and, and just commend you again for the great job you did with inviting last week. You, you really went out of your way to invite a lot of friends and family by the time the day was done between this room twice and kids. We were, we were close to 600 people here last week. That was, that really was cool. crazy fun. It's that really was cool. a lot of fun. So uh, again, just inviting. It's so easy to ask, you know, and, and you don't have to wait to Easter to do it. So, I mean, literally any week you can ask a friend to come along. And uh, uh, I was talking this morning to, we had some picture taking going on and I, you know, had a couple that we took their picture. I said, how long you been coming? They're like, well, since last week. And, and they came at the invitation of, of their boss from work and, and they're back and, and loving it. So, so making those invitations, just really, really huge. You, uh, you had a little fun. So like in your teacher journey, you got to lead your first official class trip. Yeah, first field really trip. Really cool. <laughs> Woo-hoo. Exciting. Awesome. Yeah, it was, uh, we took the eighth graders to Springfield. Um, and it's a really weird habit or tradition, if you think about it, taking your students to the state capitol in most states would be wretchedly boring. Um, and not saying that Springfield is the most exciting place on earth, but at least we have a lot of Lincoln stuff Lincoln, to go visit. Lincoln, so it Lincoln. should be called right. the Lincoln right. trip, because yeah. we really get to see a lot of the history uh, with Abraham Lincoln and, and what he did in this state, I where love he got the, the start it's to his law degree. The library yeah. is awesome. Yeah, so we get to walk through the old state capitol and the new state capitol and, and all, all these spots where, as our tour guides are talking about all the wonderful things that have happened in this building, I'm closing my eyes, trying not to go cross-eyed and bite well, my tongue. You're to looking say, at the images of all the governors, right? All and the governors. That one's in jail, and, yeah. and that one just got out of prison, and, and that one did this, and that Hey, oh, kids, man. this could be you. Yeah. Oh, and we're, we're, missing, far from we're missing an like, image on. of one because he couldn't afford it because all of his funds were frozen after he went to prison, and yeah, I just, oh, Illinois. Yeah, but very, wow. very uh, fun, fun trip. Got to know some kids that are going to be coming with us to Green Lake for the first awesome. time. Uh, so it got, got to know them outside of the context of school or just refuge. Uh, and it was really, really enjoyable. Fun well, time. good deal. Yeah. Very good. Every, every weekend on Fridays these days, you receive a, an update. And uh, you should have gotten that in your mailbox again. If you didn't get that in your inbox, make sure you... Talk to somebody at the Info Hub, or you can go on our website, sign up for it directly. And it's been neat. Lately, it seems like we have at least a couple people mm-hmm. each week go ahead and signing up for that. So a uh, couple, couple things. You know, the first one was all about rooted, now what? So we had this great 10-week experience, and now you come to the end and go, okay, put the notebook away, I'm done. No, we want to continue some of, the, some of the experiences of that. So this morning, we're actually going to be talking about a number of opportunities, ways that you can continue growing in those uh, seven rhythms that we talked about, those patterns along the way. Um, A couple of them actually involve things that we're going to be doing every Sunday morning uh, that we'll be talking about a little bit too. Last week, we opened up Quest registration, so the day camp registration is open, and we made clear that uh, we were trying our best to keep the cost down. We know that, you know, with all that's going on these days with inflation and everything, it's one more thing for you to, to have to take care of. So we actually cut it from now to the end of the month so that it's, it's really only costing you a little over 10 bucks a day, mm-hmm. which is a phenomenal deal. It's awesome. And we thought that, you know, we'd offer that. We'd, you know, we'd probably have 25, 30, 40 kids sign up, and, and then the price would go up. And last I checked, I think we're at like 113 kids. It's pretty incredible. So, I mean, that's, yeah. that is a great 
first week registration. Yeah. And as I look at that list, a lot of those names are names I don't know, which means, again, you've been doing a great job with the inviting, great job uh, getting, getting kids out who, who aren't a part of our church family. We want to see that. We want to see kids who you know, don't have the connection with, with God or church to come and be a part of that experience that week. So, yeah, so, so keep pushing, keep, keep inviting. Going. Make those kids make invites as well, whether that's, again, kids they're going to school with or cousins or whomever. We'd love to have all those those kids uh, coming to camp with us. And that said, we do have a huge team of small group leaders who mm-hmm. uh, are signed up and ready to, to lead those kids during the week of camp, but we also need some additional help. If you are unable to be here for the whole week, or if you are and you don't know what role to serve and you haven't signed up for anything yet, or you haven't been told, hey, I need you for this, we have what's called the Serve Squad. Serve Squad is for everybody, uh, junior high aged up, And what we're looking for are people that are just able to kind of be told, today, you're going to be doing this. You're going to be following this person. You're going to be carrying this. Uh, It sounds insignificant, but I can tell you from being there, camp after camp after camp, and having run Green Lake and, you know, those kinds of roles that we need at that trip, this is a hugely important, valuable role. Uh, What we ask is that our junior hires and high schoolers, if you want to be a part of that serve squad, we'd love to have you, but you need to sign up in person, okay? So we need you to go to the info hub and say, I, whomever, want to be a part of the serve squad. Because um, we know that it's easy if you know mom or dad or both are going to be here the week of camp. You're like, yeah, they know we'll be here. No, no, we don't. We need you to come and say, physically say, I want to do this role. Um, so we're just trying to teach you some, some good habits and make sure that you are signed up for that. Adults, um, as I understand it, can sign up online, though. Yep, they can. And uh, I didn't say this in the first, but breakout leaders have a meeting this afternoon at 4 to just kind of start to get their bearings on, on what a breakout looks like. So if you're a breakout leader, you already know about that. But again, just a reminder that today is the day for that at 4 o'clock. <clears throat> Yesterday evening, uh, we got a a beautiful uh, honor to be able to spend some time reflecting on a life that was lived for 92 years. Um, Beverly Heisner went home to be with Jesus on Palm Sunday, and she's the mom of Cindy Gorin. And uh, it was a few years ago that Cindy and Dennis started bringing Beverly to church on Sunday morning. Uh, you know, kind of, it's fun when y'all do that, when, when you have a a parent who's needing a little bit more care, and now they're not able to go to the church that they normally go to, and so they start coming with you. Here, they were the ones bringing you to church as a kid, and now you're bringing them to church. But, but I do know sometimes when they come from a maybe a little bit more tra- traditional or liturgical background, you're kind of wondering, how are they going to react to this? How are they going to react to the music and all? And Beverly loved it all. She loved it all. It was just, it was great to have her cheerful presence here uh, with us on Sundays. And so, would you just continue to lift up uh, Cindy and Dennis and the family in your prayers as they, as they really go through a, a, a season of grieving, but also a season of transition from having provided uh, consistent care uh, for their mom to, to this stage of, of their life. One of the things that you mentioned in the first service that she loved was seeing students yes. and seeing young yes. people on, yeah. the, on the front row. And a lot of the people, both in first service and in this service, coming with us to Green Lake. Um, so smooth transition. We are asking uh, for some donations in terms of food because one of our greatest costs with Green Lake 
is the food. So whenever there is we're a price... We're taking Harry Majerus. Of course it costs. <laughs> Not just Harry. We're taking <laughs> half the clan now. Okay? Uh, but, but we have... Uh, every time that there is a price increase, it's usually due to the need for, for uh, more food because food costs, you know, they just continue to rise and Green Lake is, you know, they're not able to, to dodge that or avoid that. So one of the ways that we are able to keep our costs low is by um, not eating the dining hall and instead providing some of our own meals. So we try and do that with breakfast. And last year when we asked for donations of Cheerios, we got enough Cheerios to feed North America until next year. So <laughs> Had you, some this morning. They were delicious. <laughs> still good. Still good. Uh, but we are looking for a very specific list of things that is listed in your update this morning. But I just want to read it off so that we, so that we know uh, kind of what we're looking for. We are going to, instead of... Um, bringing all the water up with us this year. We're going to buy it up there because we, we found need all that the space we, need we can space. get in the vans. Yeah. Yes. But the things that we would like, if you're able to, are Capri Sun, more large boxes of cereal, fruit snacks, instant oatmeal packets, kind bars, and granola bars. If you are able to, you know, if you're walking through the grocery store and, and uh, you're able to help us out in that way, we'd love it. Uh, one box, 20 boxes, doesn't matter. Uh, you can bring that to the Info Hub uh, next Sunday. We're going to make this announcement again. We're just trying to, like I said, do our best um, to, to make sure that the kids are, are fed well throughout the week and keep our costs as low as possible. So if that's one way that you could help support us in that, we would greatly, greatly appreciate it. And that list is actually in an email that you received this morning. It went yeah. out just before 9 o'clock. <clears throat> giving you a bunch of the links of what we're going to be talking about during the sermon. But that was, that was one of the pieces yeah. that, was, that was in there so that you can have that list before you. So every year <clears throat> at, at Easter, we have Brian read the, the story of the resurrection. And more often than not, we use the, the version, the rendition found in the Gospel of John. And so when we were sitting there on Easter Sunday morning, I said, you know, I'll have you read uh, out of the Gospel of John and select portions. And, and actually, I, I handed him the Bible, and, and when we opened it, the post-its from last year were there marking out what he was supposed to read. And I said, yeah, that. So, so what I did this morning is I moved the post-its because there's a, there's a middle part of the chapter that we don't often read together on Easter Sunday morning, but it's one that I want us to spend some time reflecting on this morning before we move to communion. So beginning with verse 19. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am now sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. But if you do not forgive them, they're not forgiven. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting 
and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. And Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. So with doing two services, we, we get to do some things in the first that are surprised, that then unfortunately by the second aren't a surprise again. And, and what, I, what I asked Brian to do after having read this was to, to say, would you, would you just tell us, like, what were your impressions of that passage? Having, having read it, what, what stood out to you? What was, the, what was the piece that kind of grabbed you? So, I don't know, maybe something different did this time, but, but what, what stands out to you? Well, I could cheat and take the answer that you're going to give after, no, but I won't. don't do that. I want everything I won't. to say. <laughs> so you'll know what it feels like. <laughs> <laughs> Now, uh, in, in the first service, I was asked for two things, not one, but two. Uh, and kind of the same thing it, uh, hit me again, even knowing what you're, what you're going to say. The expression of doubt in Thomas, I think, is, is something valuable to, to hear and to see. Um, you know, here, here Thomas, he was with Jesus as one of his disciples, you know, a close friend, understood that they're all on the same team. They're all working towards the same goal. They all learn from Jesus. They all worship Jesus. They all understand that, that you know, they're not trying to trick each other. And yet mm-hmm. Thomas, I, I'm, I'm a pranker and I get pranked a lot. So Thomas had to be like, no, uh-uh, nope, I'm not buying this. You guys always do this to me. I'm not, I'm not falling for it this time. But I think that's, that's valuable for us. Because a lot of times we have those same doubts. And I think, I mean, probably speaking to a lot of us, if we were in that situation, if the other 10 disciples who were there said, Thomas, we've seen Jesus, we might just casually accept that. Oh, cool. All right. Awesome. Then, you know, Messiah fulfilled. But him expressing, no, I, I need to see, gives Jesus the opportunity to then later say, those who haven't seen and yet believe, you know, blessed are they. Um, the second part that stands out to me in this, <laughs> frankly, is, is kind of gross. Why in the world would you want to put your hand <laughs> in scars where nails were and in the spot, you know, in, in his side where he was pierced? And ah, that's, that's gross to me. But I, there are all different kinds of learning styles. And one of those is, you know, the, the touch, you know, learning through touch. I'm a very visual learner, but also, you know, when I'm able to manipulate something, it helps me to, to learn and to know. And I, I think that there is um, something great in that, being able to, to physically touch the hands, feet, and side of Jesus gave the disciples who were there the ability to then be empowered and say confidently, yes, he is real. He is resurrected. This is the Messiah. This is the Savior of the world as they went out to profess that to the ends of the earth. Gave him great power in that. I love it. So, what I, listening to that, that is what I'd call, um, it's a devotional interpretation of the passage. I think there, there, there are probably more than this, but there are two basic ways to go about handling a passage of Scripture. One is to handle it, we call it exegetically, okay, where we, where we look at the passage, we try to understand its historical context, we try to understand word meanings, we, we, try, to, we try to understand the, 
the original intent of the author. What was the author saying here? Which can be kind of heady and studious. We need to do that. We need to understand. But then there's this other way of reading Scripture that we might call devotional, which um, it's not that it contradicts the original meaning of Scripture or intent of Scripture, but it, but it has a way of drawing us in and asking, we ask the question of it, what, what is there here for me today? What's the, what's the thing here for me today that God wants me to take along? So, so a piece of that for you would be, I didn't, I didn't need to touch him to believe. Just, just seeing him would have been enough. And, and, and you can kind of, you can work with that a little bit devotionally. So um, I'd like to give you a, a devotional thought on this passage today. Not an exegetical thought, but a, but a devotional thought. As I was reading through this part of the story again this year, um, something, something hit me profoundly again. And that is that both times, both times Jesus appears, the doors are locked. The, 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 I mean, they don't want anybody to get in the room. They, the, the doors are locked. And yet, and yet Jesus appears in the middle of the room. Now, you know, from the from the more historical exegetical side, I think there's a purpose behind that. Um, God, is, God is demonstrating to us basically what, what our body is going to be like in heaven. We're, I mean, Jesus is the same and he's not all at the same time. He's the same in that he can offer his hand to Thomas and say, touch, and Thomas isn't going to go, Phew, wait, there's nothing there. He can, he can touch a physical body. He can, um, Jesus can say, I'll prove to you I'm not a ghost. Give me some bread and fish. And he eats the bread and fish. So there's a real physical element to his body. But here's the other side. When's the last time a door was locked and you just appeared in the middle of the room? Doesn't work that way, right? I mean, we have to open the door. We have to bust through the window. We got to do something like that. But, but, but Jesus just, boom, there he is, present among them. And so we're getting, in this, in this simple story, we are getting a picture, a glimpse. We're told our body will be like his glorious body. And so, you know, we're going to have this same ability to touch, to eat, and at the same time, that's, that's kind of cool, right? I mean, I love that. Wow. Um, so, but, but then there's this devotional side to it that I look and I see that the doors were locked. And why were, why were they locked? They locked the doors because they were afraid. They locked the doors because they didn't want the religious leaders and the political leaders to come, take them, arrest them, perhaps crucify them as well. Mm -hmm. so, they, so they locked the doors out of fear. And yet Jesus appears in their midst, even though the doors are locked. This story reminded me of Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Pretty common verse where we read, Behold, Jesus is speaking, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. I read that passage, I read Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20, and here's the impression I get from that. Kind of a weird way to say it. Jesus is polite. 
Jesus doesn't, Jesus doesn't barge in and storm in where he's not invited. There's no Chuck Norris roundhouse right. in the he's, door. He's not kicking down yeah. the door. He's, yeah. he's, he's there. He's knocking. He's speaking. And he's waiting for us to open the door. And there's that classic depiction, which isn't from Scripture. It's an artist. But the classic depiction of Jesus at that garden door, and he's knocking. And if you look at the door, there's no knob on the outside of the door. It has to be opened from the inside. So I take that Revelation 3.20 image and, and, and my tendency would be to say, Jesus is only going to be present if I open the door and let him in. And this one time or two times, Jesus comes into the room even though the door is locked. And I'm reading that and I'm just kind of thinking through how many times and in what ways have we locked the doors in our lives keeping Jesus on the outside? In what ways right now do I, and why were they doing it? Fear. In what ways is my living in fear, in my mind, in my heart, keeping me safe, keeping me protected, keeping me from being vulnerable? But what I've really done is left God out there. I'm locked in this room with my fear. The thing I need most right now is Jesus, and he's out there instead of in here with me. I, I, just, I think of the season we've gone through the last couple of years where, where we're literally, you know, we're locking our doors in fear instead of saying perhaps we should have the door open to let the Savior in. And, you know, I, I think that if these guys had any idea whatsoever that Jesus was going to show up, those doors have been wide open. There probably been a banner, welcome Jesus. I mean, they, they would have been, they'd have been ready for him to come in. But their fear was keeping them from experiencing all that they could in God. And yet in that very merciful moment, Jesus doesn't wait on the outside. I don't know, I wonder if Jesus had started knocking. Hey, open the door. They just said, who is it? It's Jesus. No, it's not. It's a Roman soldier, right? Jesus allowed himself to be present with them. And, and I do wonder if there are times that even in the middle of our fear, Jesus appears in the middle of the room for us, appears in the middle of our grief, our sorrow, our fear, whatever it is, and says, you're not alone. You're not alone. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So, as we move to communion this morning, I want, you to, I want you to grapple with that a little bit. Where am I locking the doors? Thinking that I'm protecting myself. But in the process, what I'm really doing is locking God out. Locking out the opportunity to have him involved in my life. And while we do that, so we walk to communion, two tables at the front, tables at the back, gluten-free on either side of the stage as well, as well as the table back here. Um, as we do that, we're going to be listening to a beautiful version of, of the blessing, beautiful rendition of the blessing. And I want you to receive this a little bit differently. It's, it's, it's hard to hear the blessing and not sing along. I mean, you just you feel like you got it. And, and the way it's going to be sung today, you're going to want to sing along. But would you receive it the way it was intended originally? God gave it to Moses to give it to Aaron, that Aaron might speak it over the people. Receive it as something being spoken over you today. God wants this blessing for you. Let's go to communion.
We open our hands and our hearts and we receive this blessing today. This blessing, God, that you passed down to Moses and Moses passed it down to Aaron and Aaron spoke it over the people. We receive this blessing. And as we realize that this blessing is upon us, I pray that you will help us to live as true children of God, people who can live in a state that is not bound by fear, but that unlocks the door and welcomes whatever may come that opens the door 
to your constant presence because we know that nothing, nothing can be against us if you are for us. Nothing. We trust you. We believe you and we love you. Thank you for blessing us. We bless you in return. In Jesus' name, amen. So we come to the end of these 10 weeks, 10 weeks that you've been doing a workbook and working and being with groups and learning on Sunday. And we did so much great learning together. And you hate to come to the end of an experience like that and say, well, that was done and put the book back on the shelf and just kind of continue to live the way that we were before. The reality of, of intensive experiences is that they, they last for a season and then they do diminish some. It's difficult to live constantly at a heightened state. We, we go through these seasons that are a little quieter and then others that are more intense and they, and they help us ultimately to continue to grow a bit. But what I want to make sure that we do as we, as we come to the end of the rooted experience is that as we take a few things with us for the journey, that we continue particularly to work on the rhythms that we were taught throughout this, throughout this time. Rhythms that if we're working them well, we start to see real spiritual growth. We see that, that root, that those roots going down deep, deeply into Christ. So we talked about the rhythms of daily devotion, spending some time every day hearing from God, every day talking to God in prayer, a rhythm of repentance, of the breaking of strongholds where we're consistently coming and asking for forgiveness from our sins, a, a pattern of sacrificial generosity, of serving the community, of sharing the story of God and, and the way that that story intersects with our own. And then finally, the rhythm of gathering or celebration or worship, but those times that we spend together as a people of God. All of those were found in Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. This is a passage that, that we dive into uh, often around here because it describes what a church is really all about. The fact that they were to be devoted to the apostles' teaching, the fellowship, the breaking of bread and prayer, that they saw these miraculous signs being done. The believers held everything in common. They gave to each other in order that there was not need among them. They met together regularly in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. It says they enjoyed the favor of the people. And the favor of the people wasn't the favor of the church. It was the community. The community recognized the activity of God in their presence. It says the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. The operative word of this paragraph is devoted. They were devoted to these things. There was an intensity about them. It wasn't casual. They didn't do them every once in a while. They worked them. They worked these rhythms. There was deep devotion to God and to what it would take in order to experience growth. And so as we come out of this 10 weeks together, don't drop the devotion. Keep, keep fully devoted to Christ keep fully devoted. What I'd like to do this morning in each of these rhythms, I'm going to suggest three things that you might consider doing. And I'd love to see you choose at least one among each. One that you're going to say, I'm going to continue to work that a bit. So let's move first to daily devotion. Every one of us needs some form of daily Bible intake. Every day you need some of the Word of God. I want you to imagine for a moment what would happen if you ate as often as you take in the Word of God, I suspect we'd be thinner. Because for a lot of us, our intake of the Word of God is right now. We get a meal served up on Sunday morning, and we hope we get a good one again next week. 
and we don't do anything in the middle to take in the Word of God. There are so many ways that you can take in the Word of God these days. Something as simple as having an app deliver a, ma- a, deliver a verse to your phone so that you can read the verse, so you at least have a verse coming to you. We have the Dwell app that we love to use, the one that you get to listen to Scripture in different voices with background music and, and time to be able to stop and reflect. They actually will send you a daily passage to listen to. I, I've gained a, just a real... Um, Uh, an interesting experience this year as I've been listening through the one-year Bible. So I get the Old Testament, New Testament, Proverbs, and Psalms every day, listening to that. And I'll tell you what, listening to it as opposed to reading it, it's amazing the things I'm picking up, hearing it, as opposed to just reading the words. Find some way that you're taking in the Word of God. Now, for a lot of us, what we liked about Rooted was that it was a combination of Scripture and commentary. We had the Bible verses, but we also had them saying something about the verses. And that's helpful. You might find on Bible.com, for example, version. they have Bible reading plans, and they're great, and they'll have commentary. I will admit to you, though, too, some of their reading plans are about as fluffy as a poodle. There's not a lot of depth going on in some of them. So you got to keep searching for the one that, that takes you somewhere, that takes you to a place of some depth where you're getting a combination of both. But I tell you what, if you're, if you're using a devotional book, for example, and, and it's mostly commentary and just a, a spattering of Scripture, look again. Find something where you're digging into a paragraph of Scripture, where you're taking the time really listening to Scripture. Some of you are going, but when I read the Bible, I don't understand it. Well, you got to keep reading it. When, when you were in first grade and they started talking about this whole two plus two thing, and you're like, I'm never going to get this, you know. Hey, now reflexively, you know it's five. You have no problem with that whatsoever. <laughs> And so, I was schooled in New York, sorry, we're different. Anyway, um, you keep reading, you keep going, and it's amazing how as you grow in time and experience, more and more, God reveals things of what's going on in His Word. And on top of that, you're reading it at that devotional level too, where sometimes God says something about what's going on in your life right now. You need to hear Him, you need to hear His Word. I put the last one as question template, and this is to simply say, I think Rooted did a great job every day with the questions they asked. And the questions weren't simply fact questions. How many fish were in the net after the disciples pulled it up from the other side? Or God so loved the world that he gave his only blank. What answer did you get? You know, it's not that kind of thing, but, but they were applicational questions, questions that, that took a little further. Look at the kind of questions they asked and start crafting your own. And one of the questions that was there almost every day is, write a prayer to God about what you read here. Take some time to write about, to God, not just, not just facts, writing a prayer to God about what hit you in Scripture that day. you got to eat the Word of God. You're going to be spiritually malnutrition, mal, um, you know, that word, if you, don't, if you don't take in the Word of God. you got to be eating the Word, malnourished. Thank you very much. There it is. Um, you got to take in the Word of God. Let's look at prayer. I'm going to give you three things to be doing in prayer. One is keep working that idea of writing your prayers. I love the idea of writing prayers. 
You know, for years, I, people have said, spiritually, you grow if you journal. And I, I, I tried journaling, and my journaling feels a lot like, well, I woke up, I drank coffee. I, you know, I just like, ah, what, what, what am I supposed to be writing here? What's supposed to happen? But writing prayers, writing my interaction with God, and then being able to go back and look, even just a month ago, as where I was at a particular point with God, writing out those prayers. Have a journal where you're writing your prayers to God. And then do two other things. Get more gutsy about asking for prayer. You're going through a tough time. Don't go through it alone. Ask for prayer. These brothers and sisters here, they want to pray with you. One of the things that we're returning to today, I think we only have a couple things left that we're finally, you know, post, post, post COVID. We hadn't returned to having our, our active table here on Sunday morning where you can come and receive prayer. This Sunday morning, we're starting again. And every week, there's going to be someone different up here that's going to be there ready to pray with you, to pray over you. You're carrying a burden today. We have a place that you can come to pray. But, but beyond that, here's an area of growth. Start thinking more about offering prayer for other people. They're talking about what they're going through. They're talking about the hard time they're having. They're talking about their difficulties. Or they're sharing a joy. They're sharing a celebration. Have you ever thought to say to them quite simply, would you mind if I prayed for you right now? Now, I know for some people, especially who you are, they might go, okay. You know, there might be a little bit of that at the beginning. They're like, wow, this is, this is different. But I think most people, their immediate reaction is going to be, well, sure. And they're going to be glad to receive that prayer. Initiate more praying with people over what they're going through in their day, in their life. Let them know that you believe in this connection with God. You believe that talking to God matters. So keep growing in the rhythm of prayer. The rhythm of repentance or the breaking of strongholds, here's a piece of the rhythm. When you sin, repent, period. Don't, don't even wait until night. Don't wait until it gets so crusty and hard that you don't even want to talk to God anymore. You just did something wrong on the spot. Lord, forgive me. And that's not so that the, the board can be erased and I can go do it again. Repentance means I'm not doing that anymore. I'm going in a different direction. But make part of your rhythm an immediate, an immediate repentance when sin takes place. But then beyond that, I'd encourage you to get in the practice of setting a time every day to review what happened in the day. Classic, ancient, beautiful prayer where we just stop, spend three to five minutes toward evening reflecting on the day. And two questions that you can throw in there. For what today was I most grateful? For what today was I least grateful? And you just start reviewing. What are the, what are the things today that brought great gratitude, that gave life? And, and what were the things that I felt misery there? It was life draining. And I promise you, as you, as you look at that side, you're going to start to see some of the areas where wrongdoing was committed against you or you committed wrongdoing against someone else. And you have a chance in that moment to repent, to ask for forgiveness, and to ask God for the strength to do it differently tomorrow. Get in a rhythm, a consistent rhythm of repentance. How about, how about the whole, uh, whole idea of, of sacrificial generosity? Three things here. The one is evaluate your current uh, generosity patterns. Where are you with that? Notice they use the word Generosity. We, we think a lot of times when it comes to giving, we think about, well, what percentage am I giving or, or am I giving enough here or there? The question we all need to ask ourselves is, am I really living a sacrificially generous lifestyle? 
Am I really sacrificially generous? I would dare say, given that standard, we all fall short. As Americans, we all fall short. There's something more that we could do to be sacrificially generous. So a consistent review, not, not while well, we, we talked about it in uh, 1997 as a married couple, and we're good to go, locked and loaded. No, go ahead and continue to review that from time to time. Then seeking some financial input. You're going to see, you received an email this morning just before 9 o'clock that gives you um, all the opportunities for connection that we're talking about today and links to them. Got a couple of, of one-time groups that are meeting for the opportunity of talking a little bit about biblical finances, just how to handle that, as well as we have people around here that are great with their own finances and that are willing to guide other people through. A lot of times it comes down to, I'd love to be more generous, but the bank owns my life. And how do I go about getting out of that slavery in order that I might be more free to be generous? We have people that would help with that. And then there's this whole Ukraine offering that we've been collecting. Uh, we started at the beginning of April. It'll end at the end of April. You can just write benevolence on a check, or you can, you know, if you do online, go ahead and select benevolence. And we're doing what we can to help Ukrainian refugees through Samaritan's Purse. We love Samaritan's Purse. They're not afraid to use the word Jesus. And more often than not, they're the first ones on the spot in times of emergency. So last I checked, we were at somewhere around $8,000 on that offering. So uh, go ahead and, and get, your, get your offering for that in this coming week. How about the next one? The next one is about serving. There are so many different ways that we can serve, and most of the serving ideas I have involve really dirty hands. So every year we go down to the Inam Canal, and we have a little area that they like us to clean up. This is a way that we serve the community. There isn't a little plaque there saying, Southfield did this. We just, we just get to clean up other people's junk. This year they decided it's not necessary to clean the whole two miles of the canal, that it's just the parking areas that end up being a real disaster, a real mess. So, so we're going to do that tomorrow night at 6 o'clock. You want to join us? Come on out. You can sign up for it. And the only reason I say to sign up is because for some reason God has had a really difficult time turning off the water in April this year. And so if it were to rain, we might rearrange, postpone, whatever. But uh, come be a part of that. It'll literally last about an hour, maybe an hour and a half of just getting that area cleaned up. Let alone that, we're, we, you may notice that we have a couple of signs out here on Route 6. We, we're responsible for some, for some litter along the highway. And we'd like to get a team together that twice a year will head out and make sure that gets cleaned up. So if you want to do that. The third one is one of our annual favorites, and that is that you get to own your very own island. One of the parking lot islands can be yours. Uh, all you have to do is, is pick out the weeds and make sure that the litter is gone. If you want to bring your lawn chair and sun yourself, do whatever you got to do. It's your island. You get to take care of it, but you get to adopt an island. Those are just three ways that you can be involved in serving, serving beyond yourself. How about sharing the story? Well, continue to pray for your three. The three that were on the wall, the three on the post-it, continue to pray. There's nothing better that we can do than pray for lost souls. Continue to pray. Even if you've been praying for that person for 25 years, continue to pray. Don't stop praying. Wear your faith on your wrist. Uh, come May 1st, we're going to be getting those wristbands with the letters on them of verses that are called the Romans Road. Verses through Romans that we can walk through and lead another person toward Christ. And again, I just, I just suspect that if a person sees a bracelet on with a bunch of random letters, they're going to ask, what's that all about? And you can see that as an opportunity, an opening to talk about Jesus. 
and then continue to do the asking. You did a great job with that at Easter. We want to make sure that Quest is full of kids that don't go here. And not only don't go here, but, but don't have a relationship with Jesus. So that doesn't just happen. It doesn't happen through great advertising or something like that. More often than not, it is you asking someone, hey, come on along. So continue the asking. Finally, we get down to gathering, that rhythm of celebration, that rhythm of worship. But part of what I loved in looking at that Acts passage is number of times it talks about they just got together in each other's homes and ate. They just shared time together. We don't share enough time together, just spending time together. So three things here. The first is what we're going to call our, our next step option. So just prior to the whole shutdown, we had just started this new thing that we were calling step out, step in, step up. Three stages. Step out was step out of anonymity. Typically what happens, you come to a new church, the first Sunday, well, forget the first Sunday, you watch us for a few weeks online. So you do that, you, you check out the place, see what's going on, and then you finally decide you're going to come. And this is the pattern. You come about five minutes late, and about five minutes before the service is done, you have to go to the bathroom, and you leave. You, because you don't want it. You don't want to get connected yet. And you do that for a couple weeks, and then before you know it, you find out what it's like just a little bit before church and a little bit after church, and you're starting to enjoy it. And, and before you know it, you've been here six months and the few people that know your name think your name is Bud. Hey, Bud, how you doing today? And so that, that's it. And, and you're realizing, I need to step out of anonymity and be known. And so we try to make this as easy as possible. On Sunday morning, right down here, I'll be standing down here, or someone else will be standing down here to say hi. And we're using some of our front rowers, and our front rowers are going to take your picture. They're actually going to take two take one and then the next. The second picture, they're going to write your names on it so that we among our leaders can share those pictures and look and learn some names because names are really important. Here's what we promise you. You won't end up on a Facebook page or posted somewhere. We won't turn you into the FBI. None of that. This is just for us to be able to get to know who you are because names really matter. Step in is taking a couple of sessions together to learn a little bit about the church. And we're offering the, the first one of those for a while, in a while, uh, starting in May. So you can sign up for that as well. I want to encourage you more informally to just gather for food and fun. Just invite someone over. Invite someone out. It doesn't say, the apostles organized a program where the people knew whose house to go to and share a meal together as friends. They just invited each other out. They just were together. They enjoyed being with each other. Take advantage of those opportunities for food and for fun. We are actually offering a couple of those. You'll see in that email, uh, volleyball is starting up again, so you can sign up for volleyball. And we have our shooting gang, which I, I laugh when I see who's doing that. They let Mike Lake and hold a gun. I mean, it's just, it's stunning. But anyway, got some activities going on that you can just go and have some fun together. Do it. And then we, we're going to be returning this summer again to our, our three outdoor services. So Memorial Day, 4th of July, Labor Day weekend, those three. And on those, uh, we want to be offering baptism. So if you've not yet been baptized, that's an opportunity for you. And beyond those Sundays, we'll be offering other opportunities too for you to be able to express your love through Jesus uh, through getting baptized. So, so if you have your phone, your email holder, you can open it up. And you can see right there that this morning you got an email from us called Rooted Now What? Opportunities for More. 
And it goes through all kinds of different links where you can, you can get signed up for baptism, you can get signed up for the canal cleanup, for cleaning the highway, for an island, for serving with Quest. There's Brian's list of food that he needs, uh, the, the prayer rhythms that involve every Sunday morning having someone down here to pray. Uh, so you have that, you have step out and step up, volleyball, shooting, money talking, dollars and cents, giving online to the Ukraine uh, offering. And, and then the bracelets as well, so, and the, uh, the, the link for Quest. So sign up for one or more, continue the involvement, continue growing your roots down deeply into him. Father, I, I'm, I'm grateful for transformative experiences, and this has been one of them, but we don't want it to end. These rhythms grow us. Your spirit uses these rhythms to grow us. Help us not to simply set them aside until the next rooted. Help us instead to look at ways that we can grab onto, latch onto a practice, a discipline, a moment that will continue this growth in depth. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's stand and sing.
till that stone was moved for good for the lamb had conquered death and the dead rose from their tombs and the angels stood in awe for the souls of all who come to the father are restored and the church
song. Do you believe a word of it? I mean, sincerely. It's easy. Oh, you split the sea so I could stand here and admire it because I'm scared to death to walk through the water. No, you split the sea so I could walk right through it. You, you did all this so I'd live with the doors of my heart unlocked and open. But instead, ah, oh, I better protect myself. I better stay safe. He wants us to open up to him. You're a child of God. You don't have to live a slave to fear. And it all comes down to what are you going to do? Are you going to choose to live like a child of God? Or are you going to choose to protect yourself? I promise you, being his child is a lot better. It's a lot better. So as we leave today, down here at this table, Misty Yost will be here. And she'll be there to go ahead and pray with you if there's something you need to pray about today, a, a need or a desire, or you just want to celebrate with somebody, come on down to pray. Over on this side, I've got help from the front row. We're going to be taking your picture. If you're ready to step out of anonymity and let us know who you are, come on over and say hi, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>